the great enemy, the corrupter, the first dark lord, Morgoth. Although most casual fans of Tolkien's work will cite Sauron as the chief villain within the Legendarium, he is merely the protege of a far more powerful evil, Morgoth. If you've watched prior videos in this series, I've already painted a brief picture of Morgoth's life and events, but now we will more fully delve into the story of the first Dark Lord. Morgoth, at first called Melkor, was the most powerful among the Ainur created by Eru Iluvatar. Melkor differentiated himself from the other Ainur by wandering the timeless void outside of time and creation, searching endlessly for the secret fire that Eru used to create life, but he could not find it because it was within Eru. During his time alone wandering the void, Melkor became impatient that Eru had given no thought to creating things within the void, and he began having thoughts of his own unlike the other Ainur. When the Ainur began singing the Song of Creation, Melkor wove some of his own thoughts into the song, creating discord and clashing with the themes of Iluvatar. Melkor seeked to sing his own Song of Creation, and Eru rebuked him, for only Eru could truly create. But Eru accepted Melkor's discord, because it only enhanced Eru's vision of creation. Because of Melkor's influence throughout the song, his thoughts became a part of Arda, and everything there contained a piece of his corruption. Regardless, Melkor was allowed to go to Arda with the other Ainur, although he secretly wanted to go there to take control of it and its peoples. Melkor claimed himself leader of the Ainur, but instead they looked to Manwe, who most closely understood the vision of Eru. Bitter that they did not listen to him, he began disrupting their works on Arda by demolishing their mountains, raising their valleys, and spilling their seas. Eventually, to prevent the other Valar from being defeated, Tulkas the Valiant came to Arda, and Melkor was forced to flee from his wrath. For a time, there was peace, and Arda was completed. During this period, Melkor began swaying certain Maiar to his side, including Sauron, and those who had become the Balrogs. After a celebration of their works, Tulkas was weary, and he slept, so Melkor took the opportunity to sneak back into Arda far to the north. He built the fortress of Utumno, also known as Udun, and his blight began to spread out across Arda. This brought the attention of the other Valar, and they quickly tried to find his hiding place. But before they could, Melkor struck out with his forces and destroyed the two lamps lighting Arda. In the chaos and destruction afterwards, the Valar decided to focus their efforts on rebuilding Arda, instead of pursuing Melkor. After the reforming of Arda, the Valar dwelt in Valinor while Melkor was free to reign over Middle-earth, filling it with horrible creatures and decay. Although the Valar tried to subdue Melkor, they became overwhelmed by his superior might. During this time, the elves awoke, and Melkor began capturing and corrupting numbers of them. Eventually, through many years of prolonged fighting, the Valar were able to destroy Utumno and capture Melkor. Many of his foul creatures, as well as Sauron, were able to escape and hide. Melkor was taken before his brother Manwe for judgment, and feigning repentance, he asked for mercy. Manwe granted him freedom to stay in Valinor, 
although some of the other Valar disagreed with this decision, and kept a wary eye on Melkor. For a time, he continued to feign goodness, but secretly he began to plot against the elves, who he blamed for his defeat. He began corrupting those in Valinor, specifically the Noldor clan of elves, spreading lies to them about the Valar and the coming of men, who the elves were not aware of. They began to believe that the Valar had brought them to Valinor so that men could exclusively take over Middle-earth. Dissent began growing in Valinor between the Noldor and the Valar, most vocally by Fëanor, son of the Noldor king. During this time, Fëanor had crafted the wondrous jewels known as the Silmarils from the light of the two trees, and Melkor lusted after them. When the Valar eventually discovered that Melkor was the source of the descent, he fled before they could find him. Fëanor was exiled to the north of Valinor, and many of his people went with him. Melkor hid for some years, before traveling north to meet with Fëanor. Melkor tried to tempt Fëanor with friendship, claiming that he was correct about the Valar, but he pushed things too far, and Fëanor rejected him. In his anger, Melkor went far to the south, to seek out Ungoliant, the great spider, who had disowned Melkor in ages past. Ungoliant agreed to assist Melkor, for she was famished and seek to devour as much light as possible. Ungoliant weaved a cloak of shadows for the both of them to assist their incursion, and they attacked the two trees, destroying them completely and draining their light. Continuing on to the north, Melkor slew Finway, king of the Noldor, and stole many things from Fëanor's treasury, including the Silmarils. Fëanor cursed Melkor and named him Morgoth, meaning Dark Enemy. Ungoliant, having grown an immense size and strength due to devouring so much light, demanded the Silmarils from Morgoth, but he refused. Ungoliant attacked him, nearly devouring him, but Morgoth's cry was heard by his Balrogs, and they came to his rescue, driving Ungoliant away. Morgoth then warred with the elves of Middle-earth, seeking to claim dominion over the land, and eventually Fëanor and his people came to Middle-earth as well, seeking vengeance. Morgoth's armies were pushed back far, but eventually Gothmog the Balrog slew Fëanor. More elves continued to strike at Morgoth, laying siege to his fortress for 400 years. Eventually, Morgoth's forces suddenly burst out against the attackers who had grown complacent. With the leadership of Glaurung the Dragon and Gothmog the Balrog, the siege was finally broken. The half-brother of Fëanor, Fingolfin, rode to Morgoth alone, challenging him to single combat. Many mistook him for a Valar, for a great rage was upon him, and even Morgoth was hesitant to duel him. A great fight began, as Morgoth came forth in terrible black armor, wielding a great hammer. Though Morgoth was unquestionably more powerful, his strikes were slow, and Fingolfin continued to dodge them. Morgoth's missed strikes caved in many fiery pits on the ground, and Fingolfin managed to strike the Dark Lord seven times, causing Morgoth to cry out in anguish. Finally, Fingolfin grew weary and was struck down. As Morgoth went to crush Fingolfin's neck, the Elf Lord ran his blade through Morgoth's foot and was then crushed by the angered Dark Lord. Time raged on afterwards as Morgoth continued to attempt to conquer Middle-earth, and continued to be met with resistance by its peoples. Finally, the Valar themselves fought against Morgoth once again, and in a great battle known as the War of Wrath, Morgoth's forces were defeated, 
including the Great Dragon and Caligon the Black. Morgoth was once again captured, the Silmarils removed from his crown, and bound with a great chain. Unlike the first time, however, this time he was sent into the Timeless Void, leaving behind only his servants, including Sauron. There is, of course, a prophecy speaking of Morgoth's eventual return, although there is some contention about whether or not the prophecy will come true or not. The prophecy speaks of a final battle, called the Dagor Dagoroth, in which Morgoth will discover how to return to Arda, and will destroy the sun and the moon. He will then gather all of his forces, including potentially Sauron, and wage battle against all of the Valar and free peoples of Middle-earth. During the battle, Turin, slayer of Glauru, will stab Morgoth through his black heart, ending the war once and for all. Following this, there will be a second music of the Ainur, and elves and men will sing into creation a new world. Or so the prophecy says. Morgoth is in some ways quite similar to Sauron, both being great evils bent on conquering Middle-earth and Arda. But whereas much of Sauron's power is weaved into the creation of the One Ring, much of Morgoth's power is instead weaved into the creation of Arda itself. Morgoth represents a much more perpetual evil than Sauron does, and in the end is unquestionably the greater villain. Although Sauron will forever remain the more well-known villain in fiction, Morgoth's story is more poetic, and in my opinion, more impressive.